Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is May 25th, 2016. Today we have on Ken Anderson, who created HAMS Harm Reduction. Ken wrote a book, How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to Alcohol, A Self-Help Manual for Safer Drinking, Reduced Drinking, or Quitting Alcohol Altogether. Ken Anderson is also the founder and the CEO of the HAMS Harm Reduction Network, HAMS is the first worldwide harm reduction-based support group specifically for people who drink alcohol. HAMS is a lay-led and free-of-charge support groups. Um, Mr. Anderson has worked in the field of harm reduction since 2002, and he has had experience as the Director of Online Services at Moderation Management, and he also worked with the Needle Exchange Program in Minneapolis. Let's see, Mr. Anderson is a regular presenter at the National Harm Reduction Conference and has presented the HAMS Alcohol Harm Reduction Program to addiction counseling classes at NYU, the New School for Social Research, and many other venues. He also has his own podcast called Addiction Treatments That Work and writes for a blog for Psychology Today called Overcoming Addiction. I would like to, I'm going to bring Ken on in just a second, so it's really, I will, uh, nice to have Ken on. It's been a long time. And uh, he was also in my film, said some really great things, really important things, great message. And for those of you listening, there was also a big face group presence that's also called Ham's Harm Reduction Group. And he'll tell you about that. So I'm going to, without any further ado, I'm going to bring on Ken. Hi, Ken. Hello, Monica. How are you? How doing? are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good, good. Well, it's it's been a while, but I thought, you know, I'm going to start to do shows again, and why not start with someone who I think one of the 
free support groups is really, really growing. Since probably mm-hmm. I first had you on, um, I see a really, you know, big, bigger presence and a lot of people going to hands. Yeah, that Facebook that? group is yeah, the Facebook group is getting really active and really big. Um, I mean, we started with the Yahoo group, which was back in 2007, and Yahoo used to be popular back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not so much anymore. Although that that group is still quite active, but not too oh, many new people uh-huh. coming. Yeah, not too many new people coming in. But the Facebook group is really uh, growing quickly right now because uh, that's a venue that people are using all the time anyway. So it brings in a lot of people, and you know, we offer uh, an approach that's different from anything else out there you know Mm -hmm. any positive change that you want to make will be supportive if you want to be safer we think that's good if you want to cut back that's good if you want to quit that's good it's all up to you to decide you know we're the only group out there where you can say well i want to stop drinking and driving but i still want to get drunk every day and we say that's a good idea (laughs) yeah no one else is going to probably say that to you well maybe (laughs) You sure yeah. can't go to AA and say that, you know. No. Oh, no. <laughs> right, absolutely not. That's true. Yeah. Um, one of the things that – so let's start with – we'll pretend like there's people listening that, you know, have never heard of your group, right, or uh, of your mm-hmm. support or you or the book. So can you just give a little synopsis of what HAMS is, you know, in kind of in a nutshell, and then we'll go into breaking up the elements and stuff. Down the- mm-hmm. Well, HAMS has 17 elements, and we call them elements and not steps because you can do them in any order. You can do one and not do any of the others. We figure if you do one of them and you solve your problem, you're done. You don't need the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, If you don't know where to start, you can start at number one. We kind of put that there for the default people that didn't know where to start. Uh, That's the the cost-benefit analysis. Write down the pros and cons of your current drinking and the pros and cons of the change you want to make. And that helps people make things concrete uh, in their mind. We have a lot of written exercises because writing things down makes them very concrete. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just thinking about things in your head, uh, they just uh, don't become concrete, and people don't make changes when they do that. Uh, But if you actually start doing written exercises, that really helps people to change so, uh, I mean, it's not like you're going to be writing hours and hours every day. Um, you know, you maybe write, uh, uh, you know, 20 minutes a week. Um, but definitely actually putting things down on paper and making them concrete is really helpful. Right, right. And maybe how you're going to get there, right? So I have a goal, and then, but how am I going to get there? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I went for, like, this uh, workout camp in between all my surgeries, and one of the things I realized is that if you make a goal, but then you don't say how you're going to get there, and I think it's true in whether it's smart or you have it in your elements as well, is that if you say something, and it's true, you write it down, you say, I'm going to do this by when, but how am I going to do that? And it mm-hmm. was sort of a, like another piece of the puzzle for me, not dealing with alcohol, but dealing with getting back in shape, um, dealing with health issues, that it really was much more helpful. So I think mm-hmm. that... You know, with this. So um, now, I think was it like a year ago? You made a bunch of videos, didn't you? Did you make seventeen videos, and is it on YouTube? Oh yeah, there's a there's one video for each of the seventeen elements now. So and they're all in a playlist. If you just want to go to the playlist and play them in order, but yeah, you can uh, get a little intro to the program right on YouTube. 
you know, they're just uh, short little videos, you know, one to three minutes a piece. And, right. you know, you can get a little intro to the program right that way. And it just kind of tells you what's going on and, you know, what the options are. Because we're a program that's all about options. Here are options that you can choose to help you make your change. You know, you build your own program here. Everybody builds their own program. Everybody sets their own goal. Um, and everybody works their own program. Um, you know, and you probably recall from uh, AA, that was the worst thing you could say to, say to somebody. You're working your own program. You're not working the program. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to your website uh, as I, we're talking to people here. So it is Ham's Harm Reduction. Is that I'm just typing this into Google it's, and see what comes up. Yes, yeah, hamsnetwork.org, right? Hamsnetwork.org. Okay. Um, so. if, just, if you just punch Hams into the Google search engine, I think we come up on top. Um, but uh, yeah, the the site address, the URL is actually hamsnetwork.org. Okay, so there it is. I'm here on the site, and uh, you have a homepage. You have your book, How to Change Your Drinking. Uh, looks like you're, it's available right here, right? You have so talk mm-hmm. about the support that you have. Do you have any face-to-face meetings? Uh, we have a few face-to-face meetings. Uh, there's one in Brooklyn. Um, there's a couple. I think oh, there's one in California. I'm not sure if that one's still active. We don't do a lot with the face-to-face groups. Um, yeah. I, I know the Chicago group is active. Um, that's uh, led out of the Chicago harm reduction. Um, it, it's led out of uh, one of the it, it's out of one of the needle exchanges in uh, Chicago. Uh, right, they right. I see it here. Yeah, you have a few. Yeah. So I'm going to say where they are. So you have one in Brooklyn. Um, there's one in Ohio. Then there's one in Temecula. Looks like somebody started one. Then there's the one in Chicago. And there's one in. Um, in the United Kingdom, but I do know that you have a really big uh, presence on the internet. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's been our primary way of doing support groups is the online support groups, and we started with the Yahoo group in 2007, and that has about 1,500 members uh, right now, um, and it's still quite active. As I say, not so many new people joining because people kind of like Yahoo. What is that still around? I thought yeah. that was gone. <laughs> right. Um, you need a Yahoo account, right, to get in there? Don't you need a Yahoo email? Uh, yeah, you need to create a Yahoo ID, which you can either tie to your own email address or you can create a new Yahoo email address for that, whichever you prefer. But you will need to create a Yahoo ID. Um, we have a forum, which was started fairly recently, maybe a year ago, that's starting to pick up some ground um, mm-hmm. that's got po- new posts on it every day. Um, and we have the, the real-time chat room, which is uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 Pacific, every day. We come in there and chat for about half an hour or so. Uh, oh, but wow. the, big one, the big one right now is the Facebook group, which uh, is soon to be 2,000 members, um, right. really growing fast. Uh, you know, five, maybe five people joining every day, um, mm-hmm. constantly active, a very busy post anything there you'll get a reply really quickly so this is the facebook is the one it is right now the the really hot one yeah it's interesting blogging was when i first started blogging was the only way people communicated and no one would even think about using their real name right i mean it was just one of those Mm -hmm. things in 09 and 2010 but i noticed it too this past year 
uh, a whole year, maybe a little longer, that there was a move. I, I guess I'll see it in my stats of my blog, you know, leaving AA blog. Um, but I would say that there were so many more people leaving AA and willing to talk about it. And so you have people that just find you, but then there's a lot of people who leave AA who find you. And a lot of them really, there's a certain group that wants to be abstinent, but then there's a really large group that doesn't, right? There's that group that failed mm-hmm. and that it made it worse. And they, I really, even on my Leaving AA blog, um, as there were times we've discussed it, those who want to be abstinent, they're abstinent, right? But then there's many people mm-hmm. who, once they're gone for a little while, they go, oh, my God, I'm not in AA. <laughs> I'm not in AA anymore. I can do what I want. And then some people, if they're young enough, they don't have big fears. But if you have people with a lot of time or people who are severely brainwashed. And so it's really nice, I think, that besides your website, and there is a lot of support here. I was really glad to see when you, you made the um, the videos. I watched some of them. I watched like at least half of them. That um, people really started flocking to uh, Facebook as well. So there, it's kind of good that people don't feel the need to be hiding or anonymous, mm-hmm. right? I think mm-hmm. it's really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yeah. I sh- uh, I should note that I should note that the Facebook group is closed. It is a closed group, so they can't see. You know, other people who are not members cannot see what you're posting there. Oh, okay. Um, and it it doesn't show up on your timeline as one of your groups because that doesn't. Uh, if they're closed groups, they don't show up on your timeline. If someone does find the uh, the URL to the group, I mean, if they go to the Facebook page to the group, they can see if you are a member, if they are your friend. Um, but that's mm-hmm. the only thing that they could ever see. So it's pretty safe and it's pretty private uh, to be in a closed Facebook group. Um, so that's okay, but you know most people are there with their real name, um, right, right, and their full name because, uh, well, we don't care if you're anonymous or not. I mean, you know, AA Bill Wilson wanted uh, AA to be anonymous, uh, well, pretty much because he was afraid when people relapsed, everyone would blame AA. Um, right, right. You know, what what does the tradition read? Um, you probably remember it. I can't remember it. <laughs> Which tradition? Um, the one about anonymity. Um, our group, our group, something depends on anonymity. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that I don't remember it like off the top of my head anymore, <laughs> being gone five years. But there's something that they've even pulled spirituality into it, right? Like, uh, let me, I'm going to look it up for you. I'll look it up because I actually don't, you know, I don't remember and you're, I don't care to remember. Yeah, your brainwashing um, is uh, your brainwashing is disappearing. <laughs> deep, by deep programming it, uh, yeah. So here we are. The twelve, uh, there's the twelve traditions. Um, they're so full of shit, and they're half of them are lies. But let's hear. They have a group purpose. Listen to this. The only, the ultimate authority is a loving God. <laughs> that's how, that's who runs their nonprofit. That's their ultimate authority. Yeah. Okay. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. I guess they could talk to the courts about the 60 or 70 percent that have been sent there. Let's see. Um, um, it's really so full of shit. Oh my god, I hate reading these. Alcoholics remain never prompt professional. Where's the one that you're? Um, you know, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 
So that's not true. We, 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 you and I both know that's a lot of the history. was like he, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. had to reveal and ha- they had to allow them to come in to the meeting and take a picture of all those guys for them to run that Saturday Evening Post article, which made AA grow leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the full? What's the what's the full of that? The full um, maintaining anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. What's the whole thing? Is that the whole thing? Yeah, that's that's um, number eleven. That's tradition eleven. And the last one is anonymity is the spiritual. Forget this. It's a spiritual foundation, Ken, of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. So if they were living by principles, right? then um, Mm -hmm. I guess it would matter, but when you're being a predator, I don't think that's any part of anybody's principle, and that's more important than people's safety. Uh, Let's see if... mm, I mean, some of them are so bad. AA ought never be organized. Gee, I wonder why all the courts are sending everybody there. And why did they have... Here it says, but we may create service boards or committees. I'm getting off track here. You'll have to stop me. (laughs) Oh... Crap. So it's uh, I, and that's what I like about him. So go on. Do you remember what your train of thought was? Because I certainly went down that rabbit hole. <clears throat> well, you know, we were t- we were just saying it. You know, in Hams, it's up to you if you want to be public, if you want to be private, if you want your confidentiality protected. We certainly won't uh, tell anybody who you are. Um, if you want to make up a fake name and a fake account to go on the Facebook group instead of using your real name, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be totally public and say, you know, I'm a Hams member and yeah. I'm doing great, um, that's fine too. Um, you know, you might remember the story with AA. It was this baseball player who uh, had said, uh, "Oh, I've been sober for a year through AA," and they ran this newspaper story about him with his real name. And you know, Bill Wilson got all pissed off. You can't be doing that because what happens when you relapse and everybody's going to say AA doesn't work? And besides, you know, you're taking away the newspaper stories from me because I should be the center. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really pissed off, and that's why. Oh, he really? Made that tradition. Yeah, he made that tradition after that baseball player went on in the papers and went public. I'm an AA member. I've been sober for a year now thanks to this wonderful program. Wow! Wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, the the list is really too long now. I think the the thing that well, we have had a little bit of some some press with um, Smart Recovery. There was a guy. Hello, I'm here. Oh, that was weird. It was like a like a I don't know what. I heard quick. Yeah. But it's a. Um. So uh, there's a lot of people that are doing that that are. you know, coming out and saying they're AA members in just in droves. And um, But I think in Chicago there was somebody who talked about that they were a member of SMART, and there was a piece on that, and then there was someone else who talked about harm reduction. So I think the press is important. Have you taken out any uh, ads or anything for, say, you know, in Brooklyn, maybe on the bus or on the subway? Have you ever done that? Like saying mm, AA I, doesn't work for you or, you know? I've tried. I tried doing some advertising um, a little bit. Um, well, one thing we do have is we have the Google AdWords grant because we are a nonprofit, mm. so we can uh, have up to uh, three hundred and thirty dollars worth of ads per day uh, through the Google Pay Per Click. So, oh. uh, and you know, getting getting your full money's worth means that you. Uh, invest your time to actually build a good campaign. You know, it takes a lot of time to actually 
get the clicks. You have to build a good campaign and everything. But we pretty much uh, uh, use up all the money every day. Um, so if you start Googling things like moderate drinking and harm reduction and all those other keywords, you see our ads come up on Google, and we're not paying for those. Those are covered by our grant. So that has been our best uh, advertising venture. I've tried some other things, uh, you know, for paying money, and boy, that eats up your money quickly and doesn't give you a lot of return on investment. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, it's uh, So let's talk about the elements. Um, I'm looking at the page. I clicked on the website. Again, if you're listening in, this is Ken Anderson. I'm talking to his creator of Ham's Harm Reduction for Alcohol. And the 17 elements I clicked on after you're on the home page, if you just scroll down on the right, you'll come to the place where it says these um, 17 elements. And uh, it's, it's connected. It's really nicely done. You have all your, um, your t- YouTube videos in here. And so number one, one of the things I just want to repeat that, that Ken already said, if you're just tuning in now, is that they're not in any special order. You can do them in any right, any order you want. And mm-hmm. it's not like, mm-hmm. hey, the steps, and no one's going to tell you you're doing it wrong, and there's no right way to do it. There's just whatever you can do to be safer, right? Reducing or drinking mm-hmm. safer or quitting if that's your long-range goal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The first one is to and, do a, uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one more thing is that uh, you don't have to do them all um, because, you know, some people, I mean, one of them, which is down the list of ways, I'm going to talk about a little bit right now, which is uh, doing the drink charting, which mm-hmm. is writing down your numbers every day, um, you know, counting your drinks, measuring so you know that they are standard drinks, uh, counting your drinks, writing down your numbers every day. Uh, some people will just do that. And suddenly, and they they start drinking less as a result, and pretty soon they hit their moderation goals. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing they did was just to, to chart. And if you solve your problem by using just one tool, that's great because your problem solved. You don't have to use the other tools. You know, if you're uh, right. building a house and you need to hammer a nail, you know, you don't have to use your saw and your uh, plane and all your other carpenter tools. Just nail that hammer in. I mean, hammer that nail in. You just, uh, you know. You use what you need, and when things are fixed, you're done. Yeah, I think the pilots would like this better than AA. There's some really bad <laughs> stuff going on in the whole HIMS program now. I have some pilots calling me and texting me, and they want to change the program and make it worse. But um got to be some way. Uh, have you ever reached out to the FAA and or to an airline and say, you know, we hear that your pilots are not really happy with being forced to AA. Maybe you want to try this. Maybe it's another guy wouldn't drive a plane into a mountain with a couple hundred people in it. Um, that's a good idea. I've got uh, a person now that wants to uh, do some volunteering who's a really good organizer, and I might suggest that to her as a possibility. Um, I started my PhD now, so I'm just yeah, now. Oh, you did? Yeah, good for you. Where are you taking? Where are yeah. you going? Good for you. Uh-huh. Capella. I'm I'm doing an online degree at Capella. So mm-hmm. I just didn't. I uh, was done with uh, actually brick and mortar schools for a while. <laughs> I just wanted to do it at home. Um, but yeah, so I'm uh, I'm always juggling all these balls in the air. But I, thankfully, I have one person that. That I'm really good organizer and uh, I want to do some stuff, so maybe we can suggest that she contact uh, the FFA, the U.S. military. You know, the military's actually uh, come up with some good programs. I talked to some people just uh-huh. by accident, um, and they said, uh, "Yeah, I was drinking too much, and uh, 
they I got the into this program through I think it was the Marines, and they they talked about my anger issues, and that was what we. And now I'm not angry anymore. I'm not drinking too much anymore. <laughs> wow, that actually makes sense. You actually addressed the issue that was making you drink. So right, right, right. I, I like I, to become, uh, Yeah, this, I really like some of the uh, um, how, learn how to to have fun without booze. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, learn we to cope without booze. Yeah, let's go. You want to go through? Go them? through you wanna, I have it in front of me. You want to yeah. read them? Or you want me, yeah. Okay. Go down the list. Yeah, just go read. ahead. Okay, so the elements, um, this is number one, do a cost-benefit analysis, CBA, of your drinking. Okay, and that has a lot of, or looks like, worksheets that you could do with that one. Uh, the second one is mm-hmm. choose a drinking goal, safer drinking, reduced drinking, or quitting. And then there's another goal worksheet and stuff. And then the third one is learn about risk ranking and rank your risks. And then learn about the HAMS tools and strategies for changing your drinking and there's like a ham's toolbox in that, and there's a video there. Uh, the fifth yeah, one that, is that one is yeah, yeah. Number four, uh, the the toolbox is huge, and mm-hmm. the whole chapter, the whole book chapter, is online for that one too. Um, but that's the biggest chapter in the book because nice. that's where um, we gathered together everything that different people had been using in the online group. You know. Um, yeah. Because different people use different tools. I mean, for for some people, they say, I'm going to only drink at home because I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to make a fool of myself when I'm out. Um, so this is actually my plan, basically, or it was my plan for a long time. Um, you know, drink once a week at home, not go out, not drink when I'm out, not act like a fool, not get in trouble, not right. get mugged, not get, you know. And <laughs> other people will say, you know, well, for me, the best way to limit my drinking, I only drink when I'm out. I never will drink at yeah. home anymore because that's when I was drinking more and more and more was I'd go out to the bar, come home, open the bottle, drink some more. And so now I only drink when I go out. And, you know, so different strategies for different people. Right, right. Um, here's one on page 61. I have a whole list. It's called Distracting Yourself. It's a good list, mm-hmm. really good list. Um, take a walk, take a drive, do exercises at home or go to the gym, go jogging, listen to favorite music, telephone a friend, clean out the garage. Oh, that'll keep you busy for a few hours. <laughs> Cook something interesting. That's good. Go to the library or a bookstore, work in the yard, clean and polish the car, take a shower or a bath, read the newspaper, a magazine, or a book, um, drink something non-alcoholic, get a video, Write a letter or email, plan your next vacation. Oh, that sounds fun. Make up a, gro- a grocery store or hardware shopping list. Go shopping or window shopping. Plan on decorating a room. Clean out the refrigerator. Oh, that's another good one. Have sex. Go to a driving range. Pay the bills. Make up a household budget and plan future finances. Check stock market action and look for investments. Talk to your children. <laughs> get a haircut or a manicure. Get a massage. Mm, that's a good one. I did that today. Work on a sewing project. Start a journal. Look into your gene- genealogy um, on the Internet. Visit a friend. Get the snapshot collection in order. Make popcorn. Start a work a woodwork project. And then you say, do you have ideas for other distractions that might work for you? If so, list them here. That's a really good list, Ken. That's a really good list. Yeah, because I that's one I threw out to the email group. 
uh, back mm-hmm. when. I said, what do you guys do? And, right. you know, different different people came up with different things. You know, the guy that's doing this, the lady that's doing the sewing project, uh, possibly a lady, uh, is maybe not the same one that's doing the woodworking project. Right. Although you maybe remember uh, Rosie Greer, the football player, used to always do needlework on TV all the time. So. <laughs> Did he really? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe Kevin knows it. <laughs> I used to watch him on Johnny Carson all the time, and he was really? always he. He started that as a joke, actually. He said, you know, he was on Johnny Carson. I remember, and he said, uh, "Oh, I like to do needlework in my spare time." And somebody challenged him to right. <laughs> do it. And he came back, like, you know, as a few weeks later, I actually did it. Here's my project. And he was doing all these projects with needlework. It was it was very cool. Wow, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of good things on there. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I just – then I went to Chapter 7. I'm kind of flipping through there, um, pinpointing your, trink, your drinking triggers. I think this is, you know, really for people who are really having a hard time. Right, you know, for mm-hmm. people, um, your your triggers and stuff. But there's so many, so many good things on the list. Good book. Um, you sell it on the website and on Amazon. I mean, I have a copy here that I got. So um, we uh, sell it. I mean, the, all the all the links from the website go straight to Amazon. We prefer you buy through Amazon uh, because we publish through Amazon and we get a bigger royalty if you yeah, buy through okay. Amazon. But it's also available to order through Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. or any bookstore, any local bookstore. They probably won't have a copy on the shelf, but they can order it for you because it's in the wholesalers. The wholesalers have it available. So you can buy it, you know, in any bookstore. You just have to order it. You know, just go, would you order me a copy if you don't like to shop at Amazon, which a few people don't. I don't know. Right. There's so many, so many left anymore, but uh Amazon is the best way to buy it for us because we actually get a bigger royalty. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think happened over the last mm, five, six years? Do you see a real growth of people leaving or not going to AA? Like, when, when was there um, a turning point? Because I think there's been a turning point, but we're, we're in it. Or when do you think well, it happened? Well, things are things are definitely changing. Um, you know, people are, what can I say? The internet is out there. People can find information now. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to go to an academic library and search through journals to try and find stuff or right. to try and publish things, uh, you know, in a newspaper to reach people. And if the newspaper doesn't like what you say, then they don't publish it. Right. You know, now that the internet is out there, everybody can, uh, everybody can say everything, um, and some of it is crazier than shit, as we all know. There's plenty of nutty stuff out there you can find. But everybody right. has a voice, and uh, it allows people to find information much more easily, uh, accurate information, than it was before. Right. So definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a consciousness, though, that, uh, you know, AA is not quite this idyllic, organization that you saw in the uh, days of wine and roses of all these altruists who were going around rescuing people for no reward. Uh, you know, that, you know, that Jack Lemon, Walter Matthau thing we saw yeah. in days of wine and roses. Uh, I know. It's not, I know. 
is mm-hmm. not necessarily what we're seeing portrayed anymore. We see, uh, uh, at least occasionally in the media, portrayals of AA that are not so rosy at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, There's. did you see the show Flake with Will Arnett on Netflix? I saw the pilot, but I just, it was really boring. I, I didn't get into that. You want to just kind of watch it for homework? I'm not kidding. When you get to see, I think there were only seven or eight episodes. I watched it for like, you know, to study it. And I, I like him. I like his work. But he also had a big article in The Hollywood Reporter at the same time it was released on Netflix. So he <laughs> talked about like this whole thing about him being in AA and then him drinking after 15 years. And it's actually really kind of sad I had a lot of empathy. I could really see that he was much more likely to escape it than, say, um, you know, Robin Williams, who didn't, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. There was something about it. So then I was, like, really wanted to see what he did. And, I, you know, at first I was, like, really, like, oh, my God, this is just all about a guy in AA in Venice on Abbott Kinney. You know what I mean? I thought it was outrageous <laughs> in, in a way of, like, what's going on here? So I had to watch it. I watched the whole thing. And I got to tell you, I posted, there were, he rams one of the AA guys and really gives, you know, gives him a mouthful. That's the way I think the last episode is. And it's not a pretty mm-hmm. picture. So um, mm-hmm. at, at first, you know, there were a lot of us posting about it in my deprogramming group on Facebook. And um, we could see, uh, you know, that, at first, we're like, oh, my God, not another one of these fucking shows, you know? And then we, and then we were like, oh, my God. Like, I kind of had to stop this TV. I called my husband, like, hey, Kevin, oh, my God, you got to see what he just said to this cop and um, who's in AA. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I do think that we're – and even in Nashville, which a lot of people, you know, we were watching it, and the whole thing wasn't about AA, but there was a major character, Deacon, who, you know, there was this thread line that it was so brainwashing, and it was just like, oh, my God. But in the end, like, the show actually didn't get picked up, but they ha- he literally is in a meeting and goes, I've been coming here for years. And he goes, and I ha- you keep saying, you know, it gets better. He goes, well, it hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> and it's just all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, "Wow, yeah. that's good." Yeah. I mean, we need to go further, but it's an improvement, right? <laughs> the days of wine and roses. Mm-hmm. Well, one I saw very recently, uh, I started watching Weeds finally, and mm-hmm. uh, there's an early episode where one of the characters goes to uh, Marijuana Anonymous, <laughs> and you know. The first thing he does, he's the guy, he gets this woman to sponsor him, and he takes her straight to bed with him. And it's wow. like, wow, yeah, well, that's a little different than Days of Wine and Roses. Yeah, that's a little more realism there. Right, There's right. also a, a Criminal Minds episode where uh, one of the AA members pulls out a gun and starts shooting everybody in the meeting. And Yeah, I saw that. I bought that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I jumped off my couch when that was happening. And, um, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, part of it is where I was talking with uh, my husband about it, and one of the pilots had texted me, and it was sort of like we have to change public perception about Alcoholics Anonymous because it's interesting that if you talk to people in it, they're either really brainwashed or – they see it and they know it for what it is, right? 
but it's the public mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that has this. So say somebody like, you know, I know somebody who, you know, was married to some guy who had a lot of time and, you know, oh, it saved him and it was so great. But they've never been. Like, they're, they were never members. No, of course. So mm-hmm. it's a public per- perception of it that, and, you know, how do you change that? You change it through media. You know, you ch- of course, like you said, like we're all being we're on the Internet. You can Google. You have a bad time at a meeting. You go home and you put it into Google. You're going to find all the other options. You're going to find me and you. And now how many other, like are there 15 or 20 anti-A blogs? Oh, probably. Yeah, I mean, when I left, there was one. It was stinking thinking. And Orange Papers, there was no, you know, it was there, but, you know, you couldn't communicate on it, so you read it. And then when you read the whole thing, then you moved on, right? But now, I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't even list all of them. And, and the presence of, I think that it's, um, you know, let me ask you this. So with all the stuff that's going on in the White House with this, you know, money and billions of dollars, um, are all like say you and Smart and other you know groups that could actually use some funding? Are you um, able to get some of that money? Is there grant money? Make hams bigger? Um, there's there is potentially grant money out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the that grant writing is very time consuming. And uh, you have to do a lot of research, and you have to write. Uh, I mean, you have to write like a hundred grants to get one grant, and you know, it's just—it's huge time sink. So, yeah, you need um, the money to pay I, the grant writer to write the grant, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, about, as I said, we have a we have a new person that uh, just uh, said that they were interested in doing a lot of stuff, and said that they would. Uh, might be interested in doing some grant writing. So, um, although uh, that would be mainly private grants, getting government grants is, is much worse than getting private grants. That's even worse. Usually, you're under some huge government contract. So, definitely for support groups to get the government grants is not it's not a very easy option. It's not. Who's going to get all, Who's going to get the billions of dollars? Who's going to get one point? Nine billion oh, dollars. You mean the, all the White House funding for that? Oh, they're gonna. Uh, well, I've read the budget. I'm, I'm going to write an article about this shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, all the worst people that shouldn't get it are going to get it. Uh-huh. They're going to, uh, you know, have more funding for drug courts and more funding for rehab. Oh and, God. Uh, rehab. They're not. They're not, there's no plan to expand methadone clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, methadone clinics are the one thing that we need more than anything. You know, um, if you look at Switzerland, um, Switzerland had a huge opioid crisis uh, back 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was as bad in Switzerland 30 years ago as it is in the U.S. today. People mm-hmm. were dying of overdose very frequently. Um, there were huge numbers of, you know, people with uh, opioid addictions. And over the past 30 years, everything has dropped dramatically. The overdose death rates are way down to a fraction of what they were. Um, you know, new heroin use is down to one-tenth of what it was. Mm-hmm. So it's, and what did they do in Switzerland? Well, one thing, um, they opened methadone clinics everywhere. They're all free. They're all paid for by your national health insurance that everyone has. Mm-hmm. So you don't pay anything. 
Um, and they're available everywhere. So anyone with an opioid problem can get into methadone treatment immediately. And 92% of people in uh, treatment for heroin in Switzerland are in methadone. 6% hmm. are in, yeah, 6% are in the heroin-assisted treatment. And for people that don't do well with methadone, they just say, okay, we'll give you prescription heroin. You can shoot it up here on site. We'll watch you so that you're safe while you shoot it up and yeah. make sure you don't overdose. And, you know, mm-hmm. these people come in four times a day and shoot up under medical supervision with a professional. Nobody's dying. Um, yeah. And uh, nobody's robbing people to buy heroin because it's free. Um, but that's 6% that are on the heroin-assisted treatment. 92 are on uh, methadone. And 2% are doing something else like rehab, which is how it should be. Yeah, it's really uh, – did you see the new Michael Moore movie? about no. you know how we should invade it's really it's not about invading it's he goes to these other countries and just wants to bring back good things that are in the countries and he he touches a little bit on um Portugal where it's everything has been legalized but i mean it's a big mm-hmm. it's a big topic and uh and i agree i mean i think that everything you know if you legalize it and stop I mean, it's a big problem but part of the problem that no one talks about because they're all AA members sitting around in the white house like at least probably I don't know what percent of them because I'm not there, but I know Botticelli is an AA member. But, you know, and even that most recent thing that happened with that um, Macklemore, a rapper, white guy, that is like sitting in the White House with Obama, and you could just tell that, you know, President Obama was clueless about what really is going on in AA meetings, and he's sitting promoting it, like from the <laughs> Oval Office. You know, I can't even get mad. I mean, you know, I'm going to get mad, but it's like, I, I just like, okay, this is like really bad. Okay, what's the priority? Get the film out, get distribution, let's stop the court ordering, and then, you know, there's, it's just like, oh my God, but what it, I guess my point is that AA is killing them, and I, you know, I remember the first time I heard somebody on the radio call into this radio and show AA is killing people, and it is. It's mm-hmm. doing it when you have young people who are addicts that they go to those meetings, Ken, and they see those fuckers sitting around, those old, crazy, batshit women with 30 years, right? And they're telling them they're broken, you got to keep, you can never drink, even though they don't want to drink. Their, their booze is not their problem. Oh, and you can't smoke pot either, then you're not sober. That you got to come mm-hmm. back here for the rest of your life. Those kids look at them and look at the door, and they're out the door, and they're like, I'd rather die high than come here. Um, it creates mm-hmm. binge using as well as binge drinking. Um, so in that sense, until we change the public uh, you know, view of what Alcoholics Anonymous really is, right? You and I know what it really is. Mm-hmm. And then raise the awareness everywhere about harm reduction, yours, and then, you know, which I, we could talk about that yours is specifically for alcohol. Is this true now, or do you find people who have drug issues are also using um, the elements to to change? Mm-hmm. What's um, going on with that? Never, yeah, we never limited uh, the program to only people with alcohol problems. Um, the mission statement, there's someone somewhere it says um, uh, people who use any substance or have any addictive behavior or something like that are welcome. So... Right. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we did for a while. We did uh, have uh, two separate Yahoo groups, one for alcohol people and one for drug people, because uh, there had been some fighting. But uh, that all disappeared. 
So uh, now nobody's uh, everybody's mixed together, and there's mostly uh, our people drink, but a lot of our people also have uh, some drug-related issues. Um, and you know, we were never we never wanted to be exclusive to alcohol alone, okay. although. Okay. You know, there there are a lot of good live harm reduction support systems for people who use hard drugs, especially injectors. Most needle exchanges have drop-in groups, so that's really good for drug injectors. Um, but not everybody's a drug injector, and they don't want to go to a needle exchange for a group. So you can certainly come to our online groups and, you know, talk about these things, especially, you know, if you're taking pills or uh, marijuana or something. Right, right. Um, I'd like to highly recommend if anyone is out there and they're listening to Biken's book, I'm looking at it now, it's um, a, moder- a moderation management approach for problem drinkers, um, responsible drinking. Um, it looks like, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a very good oh, that's book. Mark just... That's Mark Kern's book you're looking at. Oh, sorry, I'm not looking <laughs> at your book. Sorry, I grabbed the... <laughs> I screwed up. Sorry, we'll go back to how to change your drinking. A harm reduction Long guide program. to alcohol. Long program. I did. I went to the I went to the wrong book for a second. You'll have to forgive me. It's been a while since I did a live live show. Still recovering. Um so uh we have about fifteen minutes left. Um we've covered the seventeen elements. Uh let me see, let me go back to your website. Um, we went over, right? Did I get through all of them? Um, I think we were about halfway through. We were like, uh, um, yeah, I think we stopped because we stopped on five because you said it was the biggest one, right? Make a plan to achieve your drinking goal. Was that the one where, uh, yeah, we had stopped at the toolbox because the toolbox was so huge and we were sharing all the tools, uh, make a plan. Yeah. Making a written plan is really good. And, you know, we suggest people have plan A and plan B. Plan A is your ideal. Like, you, I want to be a moderate drinker. I don't want to drink more than four drinks in a day. And I don't want to drink more than 10 in a week, whatever. Uh, right. It gets right down to your own numbers, your own limit numbers. We don't tell you what your number should be. But that's something that someone might typically write down. And then right. they can have plan B. You know, uh, but if I do slip up, at least I don't want to drink and drive. At least I don't want to, at least I want to stay under 10 drinks and get home safe or, you know. So you have plan A and plan B. We kind of recommend that. Um, And, you know, that helps you stay safe and not be too uh, disappointed in yourself because, you know, people aren't always going to stick to plan A perfectly all the time. Um, It takes a while. It takes people a while to change and get new habits in place. Mhm, mhm. How long do you think it takes? <laughs> um, well, uh, typically, I think people are in our program approximately a year, um, and the first few months are the hardest. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work in the first few months, and then it gets easier as you go along. And generally, after a year, things are in place. That's good. Some people That's like good. And you'll have to, uh, to go to meetings every night and make coffee <laughs> and invite people around and go into prison you meetings. 
you don't have to do anything if you uh uh you know if you go to the website and download the say the uh drink counting worksheet and do that by yourself and it right. works you don't ever have to go to a group uh lots of people i think the majority of people actually use our program through the book or the website without ever joining the group and that's uh-huh. fine we don't care you know, it's not about getting more members. It's not about it's parading in front of the world. Look how many members we have. Uh, McDonald's, 10 million sa- served, and AA, 10 million saved. And, you know, it's like, you know, we don't need to parade these numbers in front of people. No. Because I, I don't think it's healthy to be going to the same goddamn group for 30 years, you know, seven days a week. And telling everybody I'm powerless and I'm horrible and I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. No, um, you know, it's not. It's not healthy at all. I mean, I had, you know, an old sponsor, uh, had a couple when I was really young, and she said you should never go to more than three. Um, you know, you should be going out to the movies and dancing on Saturday night. And, you know, people didn't do that. That was rehab uh, in the early 80s that started this daily thing, like when people would go to meetings over at the Marina Center here in Culver City like at 6.30 in the morning. Why would you want to go to an AA meeting at 6.30 in the morning? Like, oh, I'm going to reset my... <laughs> it's like, why? why? Why can't you meditate? Like, I really went to AA in a very different time period. And um, and I'm glad because as it changed... I mean, look, I'm glad... I, I wished I would have left a lot sooner, Ken. But... Um, you know, I, I think that let's go. But forget that. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, let's go back to your <laughs> elements. So I, I want to get this out to so Okay. Number six. Yeah. The is, one other thing I was going to say, um, and when people do stick around for more than a year, uh, they they definitely tend to uh, be much less active. But you know, they they pop in now and then. Uh, you know, just to keep themselves, uh, you know, accountable to themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they may be spending, you know, five minutes a day popping into Facebook and, you know, doing a little check-in. And, uh, you know, it's not all-consuming of your life. So, right, you know, because right. some people find it's useful, you know, just to just to stay in touch, you know, even even permanently, you know, and that's fine. But it shouldn't be all-consuming. It should definitely be moved down to a small part of your life after a year or so. Right, right. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, number six is using alcohol free time to reset your drinking habits. Mm-hmm. Learn learn to cope. Well, go ahead. You want to say something about that one? Uh, I mean, lots of people like to take a month off with no drinking so that they can uh, start kind of start fresh uh, when they pursue their moderate drinking goals uh, because, you know, you've had a chance to break all the old habits if you take off a month or some people take off three months. Some people take off a week because they're not ready to do a month. But, you know, just some time off is really good. Right, right. Um, the other thing that I liked about uh, your program, this was somebody that I had turned on to, um, you know, to your page and your groups, uh, that actually in quitting, um, some people, it would be a bad idea to just quit cold turkey. Like, say, Amy Winehouse said, maybe you should reduce before you quit. And that would be a mm-hmm. way where people wouldn't have to go away to rehab Oh my! You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you could. So the plan, someone I just talked about. So if you drank, you know, a, a bottle of, let's say, gin or vodka every day, right? I mean, there is yeah. a whole yeah. little plan about how reduce how you 
you know, reduce first over – can you talk about that? Yeah, if you're drinking that much, um, you know, if you're drinking uh, 15 drinks a day every day for a month or so, you don't want to stop all at once because you could have a seizure, uh, right. you could have DTs, you could have a heart attack, you could have a stroke, and mm-hmm. it can kill you. So right. definitely, if you're really hitting it heavy for a long period, stopping all at once is, is not safe. Um, and you can taper down using alcohol itself. We have a plan uh, on our page, uh, how to taper off alcohol. Um, basically, it's reduced two standard drinks per day. And that works pretty well for most people. They don't have much problem with that. And, you know, in uh, you know a week or a week or show so thereabouts uh, you can be down to zero and you don't have to check into detox if you don't want it on your medical records mm-hmm. or if you have access to uh, benzodiazepines like valium librium xanax whatever uh, that's all they'll give you if you go into medical detox anyway you can uh, you know mm-hmm. we, we uh, printed the doses there on the web page so you can dose yourself don't mix alcohol and benzos at the same time do one or the other, the alcohol taper or the benzo taper. Don't do them together. Not safe. But, uh, yeah, you can do – but we have uh, the instructions for – you can type yourself off, and most people are capable of doing that, you know. A few right. people have problems, and we say, you know, if, you're, if it's not working for you, then you can check into medical detox. And all they'll do is basically do the same thing under supervision that right. you can do at home. <laughs> Now, you even have an alcohol harm reduction therapist finder on your mm-hmm. page, on your website, and it looks like a pretty long list here. So if you're out there listening and you really want somebody to uh, to speak to, uh, Ken has a whole list on the hamsnetwork.org, and then you would click on um, uh, alcohol harm reduction therapist finder, and there's a whole bunch. And there are people who will also Skype if you can't get a whole, you know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody in person, I know people too who were trained in non, um, the non-AA way. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the thing that's changed too, Ken, is that there is a whole generation that has now been trained. I think it was a lonely time for, um, uh, you know, Dr. Kern. Uh, Tom Horvath, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, Andrew Tatarski, there's, you know, guys that have been at it, um, you know, even before you came on the scene, right, where they were really out oh, yeah. they, they were really alone. I mean, when I did the interview with uh, Dr. Kern, I, I really felt it. It was really interesting. It's a really super nice guy. But um, now you have a bunch of 30-year-olds <laughs> that have been trained mm-hmm. by these people who've been around so there's this growing population of, you know, that demographic of non-12-step trained. And they're also not like, well, you need to stop, you know? Um, mm-hmm. this, what do you want to do? Treating people like adults, treating people with respect, um, treating people not like five-year-olds or children, right? I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think that's mm-hmm. another part of it. Although you, I do see the names of the people that are up in that you know, more in, in mine and your generation, but then I do know that there's all these people that are being trained under them. Oh, yeah, and right. there's a lot more than on that list, but a lot of them are working. Uh, I mean, Tatarski now has his center, so he uh, has a whole bunch of people working under him. Pat mm-hmm. Denning has her center in San Francisco 
where mm-hmm. there's at least a dozen harm reduction therapists working there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, some of these places are, are not small. They're not huge, but uh, they have maybe a dozen therapists there. You know. Well, I'm going to post this on my deprogramming group. Yeah, this is uh, really interesting. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, again, we are talking to Ken Anderson. He is the founder of Ham's Harm Reduction. And uh, just going over again that he's got a book, How to Change Your Drinking. And there's also um, a Facebook group that is, you'd say it's private, right? Not secret? Is it private? Is that what it's, it's closed. It's closed. It's closed. Uh, a closed group. Okay. Closed mm-hmm. group. Um and there's a lot of a lot of help here. You have the the chat room and the and the 17 elements. You have 17 YouTube videos that you could watch through the evening, <laughs> one night if you're mm-hmm. having a hard time. Uh, I think it's <laughs> a lot of. Well, I really I, I've like, kind of firsthand, uh, you know, just know that all these people have been um, using um, the harm reduction program, and that it's helping quite a lot of people. And so that good good feedback for you. And that if you ever, when you post an article, if you write something, feel free to, you know, post it on my page or send it to me through an email, you know, and then I can put it up somewhere. But if you do write a piece, I would, I could post it on the Leaving AA site or, you know, in my Facebook groups. Good. I, w- I will be writing one soon about, uh, well, about methadone that we were talking about earlier. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like only twenty per, only like twenty percent of people in treatment for opioids in the U.S. Uh, get methadone and like uh, compared to Switzerland where it's 92% and guess where the deaths are going down and guess where the deaths are rising. The deaths are rising in the U.S. They're dropping in Switzerland. Uh, why can't we even get something as simple and stupid that's been around since the 1950s? Why can't we get methadone right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer, people. You don't well, it's because AA people, people are running that field. <laughs> They're running that field, Ken. And until it gets undone, I agree with you, but that's why. It's because steppers are running it. If you have a drug czar in the White House <laughs> and well, all I these know. people, you know, it's like it's bad. But, you know, we have to just keep marching along and keep doing our work and make the changes that we can. You know, it's sort of like, you know, with you, with the program, with the harm reduction make the changes you can to make it safer, We, I think we all have to pick our battles. That's how I look at it now, because there's too many battles. I feel really bad for the pilots. They contact me way more than any other professional group. And something has mm-hmm. to be done, you know what I mean? And the courts need to stop. I mean, I actually went up to um, some judges, and I went to an event, and, you know, the judge said to me, well, there's, you know, what about these other programs? Like, how many meetings are there? And I said, well, there's not as many, but they're out there. And he said, well, but, you know, AA is kind of like, you know, McDonald's. It's on every corner. And I said, yeah, well, I don't want to go eat at McDonald's. Yeah. Just because there's one on every corner doesn't mean it's eat, good food. Uh, yeah, I don't want to eat at McDonald's three times a day, seven days a week, just because there's a McDonald's on every corner. Yeah. But, but you know what, Ken, it's also, why do, why do Americans need to be sent somewhere anyway? Like, why... Is it become something that you need to be sent somewhere to sit in a layperson self-support group? You know, that's the point. Most people don't want to do it, like you said. You know, they don't want to do it. Why do you need meetings? What what is that for? Why do you need a meeting? To make you a good cult member. It is to indoctrinate you in the cult. That is the purpose of the meeting. It is not to help you stop drinking. It's to make sure that you can never leave because you get trapped in the cult. Isn't that a line from was it that Eagles song? 
right? You can never leave. (laughs) (laughs) The famous, famous song. (laughs) Well, it's it's time is up. It's been a great um, a great show, Ken. Uh, Thank you again for being on my show. We'll have you on again, and and please uh, send me a link to that new article again. We're talking to Ken Anderson from Hams Harm Reduction. And his book and all his information you can get on the hamsnetwork.org website. Danger Drinking is the name of his book. Thank you, Ken, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks, Ken. Good night. Good night, everybody. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.